Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. Uh, it's obviously a slightly a slow time in the in the sports calendar, uh, middle of the NBA and NHL regular seasons, still not quite into the March Madness with the conference tournaments and, and the big dance. So we thought we would take a little break this week and go over our top three favorite stories from March Madness. Uh, Prop Swap, we, we've been in business since 2015, uh, and we've got uh, quite uh, a few stories uh, when it comes to uh, long shot tickets across all sports. But March Madness really sticks out because um, just every year uh, there's always you know huge parity. That's that's not breaking news, uh, and there are always it seems like uh, every year since we've started this business, except for one year that kind of sticks out where uh, the tournament may or may not have been canceled. Um, where, uh, a lot, you know, um, where just long shot tickets come across our desk and, you know, it's always, uh, a fun, you know, uh, interesting thing to talk about where, you know, people selling, not selling, getting kind of married to their tickets. Um, and, uh, as, as the one and only sports betting ticket broker, um, you know, Luke and I, we, we sit in the middle of, of all these stories and, and do our best to, to try and transact these sales. But, you know. Uh, at the same time, it's just regardless of the sale, there, there's always interesting stories. Um, you know, what, when you th- when you think about March Madness and Prop Swap, what do, what do you think about? Yeah, I mean, you know, this before Prop Swap existed, I would always think of the George Masons and the Florida Gulf Coasts, and you know, later on Loyola Chicago's. It's just there's everyone remembers those teams, and of course, last year was St. Peter's. Like everyone remembers those long shots and like without us no one that gambled on those teams unless you bet the money line of course um nobody made money you know unless you're able to flip these these giant long shot teams on prop swap like if you bet on st peter's last year again unless you're doing the money lines like it's super difficult to cash in on a bet like that and um you know Kind of St. Peter's is a, it's an interesting example because you can't bet on local college teams of the state of New Jersey. So that was unfortunate because not many people knew. And this this would be a good time to talk. Uh, we mentioned last week on the pod that I would tell the St. Peter's story. So I'll, I'll sell that uh, at some point during this episode. But um, in that example, you can't bet on St. Peter's if you lived in New Jersey. So a lot of people that um, would have liked to bet on a team couldn't. But just one example of all these different teams that um, are just a blast to bet on and very difficult to monetize without prop swap. Yeah. Um, when, when I think of March madness uh, and I, and I would put myself in this category, it's just funny that like, I, th- I think that there, obviously there are a lot of diehard college basketball fans that, that watch, you know, all these games, you know, during the regular season, you know, week in week out. But, you know, for me, at least I don't really get into it until we get to like the conference tourney time, March Madness time. And it's just funny how, uh, you know, you, you sit there and you watch four straight days of just wall to wall basketball, the, you know, the, the first two rounds of the tournament. And then by that Monday, you're like, you're like in love with some of these teams. You're like, you're like, you know, you just started watching them, but you're like, I love this guy or I love this team or I, I had no idea who that coach was. And now I'm like super invested in, in this, you know, small school with this like 
you know, coach and his son is like the 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 you know leading scorer on the team and from some conference you've never even heard of. Um, and uh, it's funny how that kind of plays into some of the the stories that we have, where um, you know the the we're not married, you know, they were not married to these teams until, and then all of a sudden they make a couple uh, upset wins, and it's like, nope, they're going to win the entire thing. Uh, you know, they're going to win four more games after this. Um, but yeah, so before we hop into the, the top three stories, uh, why don't you uh, give us your story about uh, about uh, St. Peter's last year? Sure. Um, so I was living in Atlantic City at the time and got invited at this, like, you know, it's in the Atlantic City Boardwalk Hall, um, which is where the St. Peter's Conference Tournament was, and got invited to the championship. There was no more than 300 people inside of that Boardwalk Hall. Um, you know, absolute that it, it, there was more people at, at many, many high school basketball games I've been to over my career. Um, so, uh, watched St. Peter's beat, um, it was Monmouth. So Monmouth is a town in New Jersey. And of course, St. Peter's is a college in New Jersey and watch St. Peter's beat Monmouth. And I'm like, I went with, uh, a big customer of ours who bets on sports for a living, and um, what went with uh, Scott Farrell, who is uh, like a pretty big radio host. It was the three of us, and um, you know we were we were sitting courtside. It was uh, you know it's, I laugh at that because courtside seats should cost fifty cents for this game, and we were the entire game like laughing at how bad these teams were. We're like this team, and they played UConn. The winner of this played UConn. I think it was known already, and we were laughing. And how this spread is going to be 27 points. Like, it's they're going to get absolutely annihilated in this next matchup. And uh, St. Peter's wins the game. They beat Monmouth. Uh, not a last-second winner, but they won by, like, two. Close game. Barely beat Monmouth. Both these teams, we thought, stunk. And we thought it was going to be a 27-point spread against UConn. It came out, I think it was 19. Um was what the spread came out in. And I told everyone, I'm like, all right, this team is awful. Like, I told everyone I could possibly get a hold of, like, pound UConn. They're going to cover the spread. They're going to win outright. Like, this St. Peter's is a joke. And lo and behold, you know, four days later, St. Peter's rides the wave um, from that conference championship and knocks off UConn. And it was just such, and, and obviously they kept winning games. And then I was fortunate to be at, uh, at the end of their um, winning streak to be at the North Carolina game. And of course, by that point, like North Carolina wipes the floor with them. Um, but it was just such a lesson in like how strong momentum is. And it's not even just college basketball, like momentum in professional sports tourneys. And of course, amateur sports tourneys, which is what college basketball is, is just so dangerous. And it's like this phenomenon that it like can't be quantified. It's like, you just find this groove in athletics and you just can't miss. And like these other teams, like you got it, no business losing that basketball game. And then uh, I think their, their final win was against Purdue. I think St. Peter's beat Purdue on their, their final win. They got roasted by North Carolina. Um, but the moral of the story was like, momentum is super difficult to quantify. Like when you feel it, you feel it and you just keep winning basketball games. But then the, the other lesson is like in the college basketball tournament, like it's just so difficult to predict. Like you think you had this read on a team that is 
garbage. Like there's no way St. Peter's should have been anywhere in the gym with UConn and, and they roast them. Like UConn just, they look like literally the better basketball team and just stuff like that just doesn't happen in sports very often. And like, it just constantly happens in this college basketball tournament. It just makes it so much fun to bet on and so much fun to watch that. Like, you know, you can be so confident that a team's going to lose and, and you just get hot and, and win three basketball games in a row. So um, my lesson was like, just cause you have a good feeling about a team, like think again. And I can, you know, we are two weeks away from this thing starting up this year. And um, I can be very, very confident that some story like St. Peter's is going to happen again. Yeah. Um, and so I just checked it was, it was, it was Kentucky in the first round. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Not UConn. My bad. St. Peter's 15. Yeah, 15 seed playing uh, Kentucky as the two yeah, seed in the, uh, the first round. And, yeah, they won 85-79, went on to play Murray State in the second round, which, again, you know, again, Murray State was still a favorite. The uh, St. Pierce won by 10. And then, yeah, to your point, the they beat Purdue by three in the Sweet 16, and that was just uh, a crazy upset before, yeah, they lost by 20 uh, to North Carolina in the uh, in the Elite Eight. Yeah, Ar- um, Armando Bake had yeah, other, uh, uh, other ideas. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's get into our top three favorite March Madness stories. Um, coming in at number three, this is more of a, a recent one. Uh, it was a $90,000 collect on uh, Loyola to win the championship in 2021. So uh, obviously, I think everyone remembers Loyola's 2018 uh, run to the Final Four. You know, Sister Jean, uh, that uh, you know, all that all that crazy stuff, um, and you know, kind of put the school on the map as a scrappy mid major. Uh, and so this is that was why it's so surprising that um, before the 2021 tournament, uh, a customer came to us with a sixty dollar bet at fifteen hundred to one odds on the Ramblers to win the national championship. And to this day, I think that was a typo. Like we've never spoken to anyone from the sports book. I don't, I don't remember them being quoted in any of the articles. Um, and I, I just have to imagine that was supposed to be 150 to one and not 115 to one uh, or excuse me, mm-hmm. 1500 to one. Um, so that was shocking uh, to see that. Now it should be noted that the bet was placed in June of 2020, which Props to that guy for uh, go, being the guy going going into a casino in June 2020 uh, and firing off uh, March Madness sports bets. Um, if yeah, it, that was that was not a time uh, where many people were going into uh, into casinos. Um, and so then uh, a week before that the tournament started, he sold that ticket for five hundred dollars. So turned sixty bucks into five hundred. Um, you know that's uh, that's a great sale seven days a week um, and. Then, as an eight seed, uh, Loyola they won their first round matchup, and then they played the number one seed Illinois in the second round and upset Illinois. Illinois was was the one seed. Uh, a bunch of uh, you know a couple pros on the team, or or at least uh, projected pros, and that was just a. Even though everyone, do you remember Loyola? But you know, no one ex- no one expected that, right? Yeah. And uh, and then. As soon as that game was over and they're going to Sweet 16, it was everyone just like kind of picked up where they left off in 2018. And it was like Loyola's going back to the Final Four. Like it wasn't even a question, right? And uh, to make matters, you know, to 
to uh, impress that point even more, their opponent in the Sweet 16 that year was a 12-seed Oregon State. And I don't know about you, but I, I have vivid memories of, I mean, there was a lot of Loyola tickets, you know, in circulation. Uh, some in our system, you know, people would reach out to us. I mean, we saw a ton of long-shot Loyola tickets. Again, everyone, you know, and this was before the tournament, you know, they were made, but, like, everyone was just, just it was just one of those popular underdog teams, right? It was just kind of the perfect storm of underdog team, but like also pretty popular because three years ago they had just seen this this incredible uh, run, and you know the coach was still there, um, and so that that one particular uh, that one ticket in particular that the value of it shot up to over three thousand um, dollars, about you know like thirty one fifty basically heading into that Sweet Sixteen game, and. We obviously reached out to that customer and said, hey, do you want to resell it? And he was staunchly opposed uh, to to reselling it. And uh, I remember vividly uh, him saying uh, to the effect of, I'll wait until they beat Oregon State uh, and then and then I'll sell it. Um, and you can, if you remember, if you don't remember, uh, Oregon State uh, ended up winning outright as like an eight and a half point underdog. And there were so many Loyola tickets that that, that went by the wayside um, because everyone just had penned in that that win against Oregon State in the uh, in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So I think the lesson from the St. Peter's story is like momentum can make teams that are so vastly under talented win basketball games. Um, you know, St. Peter's beating Kentucky is like a David versus Goliath story, but like momentum just helps St. Peter's. And then in this, and the lesson of this story is like, to your point, we always hear, well, I'm just going to wait one more round. Like instead of selling a $60 ticket for $3,000, like what a come up, like I'm just going to wait one more game. And to your point, like Loyola was a favorite. Like if Loyola is a dog like okay like i kind of understand that argument because it's like if you're a if you're an eight point dog you're not going to be undervalued much. still right what's right and like the value the value of your ticket is not going to be high because the sports books and of course on props if you're selling it to a human like no human is gonna be oh like i'll pay a a premium price or a, a really high price for this team because they're a dog, like no one's going to do that. But if they're favored, like, okay, like that's when you sell high in this team. So like, I just, I don't understand why, like they're favored. That's the time you can lock in a high price for this basketball team. And like, I just never saw why everyone's like, Oh, like, let me wait one more round. It's like, no, like they're already favored in this matchup. They're expected to win this game. So if they do win this game, it's not going to increase by that much amount of money. Like sell it now, take some of this proceeds and go reinvest. If they do win, that's it's backwards logic. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my takeaway from, and hopefully we can, you know, kind of explain some examples as we approach this upcoming tournament of like here, like here's a team that, you know, is favored to go to the sweet 16 or favored to go to the elite eight. Like this is the time to lock in some cash as opposed to if you're a big dog, like, okay, fine. Like, you're not going to get that much cash for your ticket. But if you're an eight-point favorite, like, you're going to get a pretty penny for that ticket. 
Yeah, the the fact that Loyola was supposed to win is factored into the current futures odds right now. That right. is factored into the the price that that someone's offering you. It's not going to somehow triple in value if they win the game they're supposed to win. Uh, exactly. And then just the last thing I'll say, and and I remember mentioning this to to that customer and and any other customer who had Loyola tickets. So Oregon State was a 12 seed, but they had just won the Pac-12 tournament. And back to your earlier point about mo- momentum, I always look for. Uh, conference tournament winners because that just they, that means they just won four maybe yep, five scary. games in a row heading into the tournament. Thing. Then two in in the in the in the in March Madness, um, Oregon State was hot as well. But every but no one wanted to consider the fact that Oregon State could possibly uh, win that game. Um, all right, moving on. Number two. Now we're getting into the good stuff. Uh, so <laughs> this is going back to the early days of Prop Swap uh, when I, I kid you not, Luke and I we manually brokered a lot of sales uh, and you know you, you got to start somewhere um, but it was not a system where person uploads their ticket onto the website and then some a buyer wants to come and submit their bid and basically the two parties interact it was not that I mean I'm talking for even for a 50 to 50 ticket we were we were brokering some of these sales so but hey you, you got to start somewhere um, so Syracuse entered the 2016 tournament as a 10 seed uh, the advance to the to the Elite Eight where they played Virginia. Syracuse in that Elite, Elite Eight game trailed 54-39 with nine and a half minutes left to play. They were 14-1 to in-game to, to win the game at one point. Uh, Syracuse closed uh, the game on a 29-8 to run and became the first 10 seed to reach the Final Four. Uh, that is when a better who only wanted to be referred to as genius... Literally, he was like, call me genius. That is my name as far as you're concerned. Uh, he came to us with three bets he had placed back in January on Syracuse. One $100 bet at 1,000 to 1 odds. Uh, so that was a $100,000 collect. And then two $50 bets at 500 to 1 each. Uh, and so that was a combined 50K collect on, on those two tickets. So all together, those three tickets, $150,000 collect on on uh on Syracuse um and so I'll just stop there what do you remember when genius came to us uh with with those tickets um yeah I mean it's obviously a laughing stock that any human being in a business setting wants to be referred to as genius so that I'll start with that um so stop saying Stop asking us to refer to you as that and just tell us your name. So that was interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, first and, and, and of all, like, just before to be clear, we, we kind we of get into end up getting his real name, we, we did end up getting his real name. Just we didn't we didn't actually transact with someone uh, without knowing his real name. So, but sorry, continue. Of course. Yeah. Um, so we eventually like to sign paperwork on props up. Obviously, you need to give us your real name. We don't want you to sign paperwork as genius. Not you know, before we get into the kind of the humorous part of it. Like this is this is a a really good sports bet. Like kudos to him for getting these odds. And like to your point, it's the only ten seed ever to make the final four. So like that's really impressive. And I just want to like first off like commend him on making these sports bets because like. This is the only time of year, and obviously with PropSwap, like we help people monetize these bets. Like there will never be a thousand to one NFL long shot that gets to the semis. Like that's never going to happen. In fact, you'll probably never even see a thousand to one 
that on the board for the NFL for the Super Bowl. So like this is the time to like pounce on that type of thing. So I want to be clear, like really good job making these bets on Syracuse. Like I don't care if you want to be called genius, Prince, Sinbad, like really, really impressive to get these down. So, um, you know, well done on that. But back to business, like this guy was a, a character. You want to be referred to as a one name person. Like that's ridiculous. Um, and then, um, you know, if you want to get into the, to the, the restaurant, uh, situation, like <laughs> that was, uh, that was, that's a story in and of itself. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was hoping we would, uh, I mean, so the, the story is, is that, you know, he, he, he basically wanted to be like, you know, massaged to, to list these tickets. Right. And again, we were early on. So like, you know, we didn't have the reputation we have now and, you know, there, there was a lot of feeling out, but I mean, also he was, he wanted us to, you know, basically like, I don't know, like bow down to him in terms of like how, how good these, these bets were. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a story where, um, you know, he keeps flip-flopping in terms of whether or not he wants to sell. And he goes, Hey, he's like, uh, he's like, let me, let me take you out to, uh, to, to, to dinner. And, uh, I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll take a, we'll take a free dinner. Um, and I, and I, wait, and I guess, Remy, is that after he sold the ticket? Like, did he sell the ticket or we were, no, we, we were still trying to get him to, to, to sell at that point. But, um, so he offers tickets to dinner, tells us the address, show up to the address, and it is a uh, Chinese buffet in a strip mall. And, um, you know, we sit down and he goes, you know, order whatever you want. It's on me. And we're like, well, it's it's a buffet. So uh, that's that's not really uh, imp- uh, going to matter. We're not going to run up the bill on, on this buffet. And I remember at one point you looked at me and you're like, a year ago, I was eating uh, steak dinners working for Bloomberg. And now I'm sitting in a Chinese buffet um, uh, <laughs> with this guy with genius. But uh, and then. He tried telling us that uh, his t- that like that someone should buy the hundred k collect ticket for a hundred thousand dollars. Like some like 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 Jim Beheim himself should buy the ticket, or like some Syracuse alum should buy that ticket. And we had explained to him that like um, no, if someone's gonna buy the ticket and if it wins, they're going to cash it. It's there's no one's gonna frame this thing like a, like a piece of memorabilia. Um, and um, one other part of the story, and I forgot this uh, until I was rereading some of the articles about it. He listed uh, all three tickets together for a combined uh, a sale price of six thousand sixty nine dollars, so like sixty sixty nine. Um, which I thought I don't know. I, I thought this, the six the sixty nine was was a, a random thing, but um, I mean it was still huge odds, uh, and uh, we ended up did getting him a buyer for. I believe one or two of the $50 bets. And then he held on to, to the, to the big ticket. Um, maybe I'm reversing those two, but I remember he sold one or two of them and, and, and held on to one of them. And so we did get him some money. Uh, and then, um, Syracuse ended up just getting absolutely rocked by, uh, who was it? North Carolina. Once again, uh, as a one seed in the final four, um, 8366. So, um, it, it was, it was, they didn't sell for as much as I wanted to because Syracuse, again, like no one believed in them. And I guess they were right, but um, uh, we, we did get him some buyers, but uh, that has a story I'll never forget is sitting in that Chinese uh, buffet in a strip mall and some guy telling us that uh, 
Oh, yeah. And then the other part is that he was telling us that, you know, he's like, I don't even have the tickets on me. Okay. He's like, they, they are herme- hermetically sealed uh, in like in a safe or whatever. And then we finally convinced him at the dinner to sell one of the tickets. He's like, all right, follow me. I'll, I'll get the tickets. And I walk out to his car with him. And it is, if you, it, it was a hoarder's uh, type of vehicle with just stuff piled to the brim in this car. And he then like just fishes in the car for like this envelope, like this manila envelope. And like the ticket was there. I'm like, Oh, this, this is hermetically sealed. It's in a manila envelope and, uh, you know, under trash in your car. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an interesting, an interesting, uh, story for us. Yeah. Yeah. The hermetically sealed part. I learned a new, uh, phrase that day that hermetically sealed means in a, in a hoarder's nest inside of a manila envelope. I don't, I don't think that's what hermetically sealed means. Um, and then no, the, the other part, just to go back to the, the Chinese, um, <laughs> where we sit down and, um, I think I actually like a menu. And the guy like started to bring a menu over like this, this, you know, very nice Asian man inside the Chinese restaurant starts to bring a menu over and genius like waste my sins. No, 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 this is uh this is all you can eat. And I like see the, all you can eat, like news flash, like the, the menu item on the piece of paper. It was like 1399 a person. He's acting as if that, like, you know, he's just a generous person. And, like, I, I appreciate a free meal, but like <laughs> the fact that he was like trying to say like this is all on me, and it's like no, you're paying thirteen ninety nine a person for all you can eat. Like, don't act like whatever we order, you're picking up. Like, this is an all you can eat situation. This is not an a la carte situation. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was trying to big time us. Like, and, like don't, um, don't worry about the price. I got it. It's, it's on me. You order whatever you want. Right. Don't don't look at what's available to order. Just whatever yeah. you want. Order. Um, exactly. Yeah, We're eating orange was, chicken here. Was, and this, this Asian man knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, and I don't forget the look on your face. Cause you're like a year ago, I was eating at, uh, you know, at, uh, Mastros. Mastros in, in like Laguna beach. Yeah. Uh, you know, on a, on a company card. And now I'm sitting in this strip mall in Vegas. Like, what has my life turned into? Um, but, uh, that brings us to, uh, our number one favorite story. Um, and it involves a three hundred thousand uh, dollar Texas Tech ticket. Uh, before the 2018-2019 season, uh, Texas Tech was forty to one odds to to win the national championship. Right, uh, so a pretty respectable team. Uh, and then for some reason, uh, in November, like three or four games into the season, and mind you, Texas Tech had won these games. Their odds dropped to two hundred to one, uh, and that is when a better. Uh, placed a $1,500 bet on Texas Tech to uh, win $300,000. Uh, and in fact, he asked the sports book to bet more if he could, if he could bet more than 1500 And he said, he capped him at, and he capped him and basically like, like nope, to win 300000 is that's enough. You're, you're, you're good there. Uh, and so then fast forward to March, uh, Texas Tech entered the term as a three seed uh, and then advanced to the final four, um, to play Michigan State uh, in that Final Four game, uh, and that is when the the better contacted us uh, with this ticket. Uh, and so uh, I'll pause again there. Um, when when this better, we'll we'll refer to him as as better X, um, which uh, I realize is kind of a corny term, but I know that he doesn't does not want his real name uh, revealed. Um, when when this better 
reached out to us. What what do you uh, you were dealing with him mostly, and and what do you remember about that week between go, advancing to the Final Four and and that game uh, against Michigan State? Yeah, um, you know, again, kind of back to the the genius story. Like, what what a sports bet! Like, I don't even care if these things win or not. Like, to your point, the Texas Tech was forty to one preseason, and then you pop them at two hundred to one. Like, that is that is such an impressive like it's impressive line shopping. It's impressive attentiveness to go find that line shopping like a you obviously did really good line shopping to find it this is from uh from westgate um so good job finding that and then the second point would just be like just being attentive to pounce on that number when that drops by by 5x from 40 to to 200 like really really well done so good job on that and then just you know as you could probably imagine just like a really intense sports better so you know, all business over our text messages, like zero, you know, typically to give you a contrasting example, like guys are like really happy and they'll, you know, back, to, um, we had the, uh, the $300,000 Eagles better, um, that Darren Ravel wrote an article about a couple of weeks ago. Like he was like, Hey, like go birds. Like, you know, Jalen hurts is the man, like all that stuff. Like in this situation, it was like, can you get me? you know, $40,000, yes or no. Uh, there was no, you know, cheering on the Red Raiders um, in this in this gambler's, you know, lexicon. It was, it was all business. So I get it. It was, um, we provide a service and he's trying to get the absolute maximum amount of dollars he can get for his ticket. So, you know, game on. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this this guy, he, he's a professional better. So, like, I mean, he has no rooting interests. Uh, there is, you know, basically zero emotion when it comes to these bets he's placed. Um, right. And he's, he's I, I don't know the the number of bets he's placing on teams, but I can assure you he's placing bets on a lot of different teams. And so, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was quoted at one point saying that he hasn't even watched these games. Like, he, he does not watch a lot of these games, uh, and which I think is a common thing among professional betters because if you watched – all the games that you bet on, you would go crazy. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah. he he's a very smart guy, uh, very strong math skills. And, yeah, he came to us and was basically like, can you get me this amount of money, like, and not a penny less, basically. Um, and, you know, we worked our ass off to that week to, like, get him offers. Um, you know, I don't mind sharing this because it's 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 in articles online. Uh, Des Bryant um, play, wanted to, to, to place to bid for $50,000. Obviously he's got strong, uh, Texas ties. Um, and, uh, the better, I believe he wanted like 75,000 at that point. So, I mean, with the 50,000, maybe it's 70. So the 50,000 really wasn't going to cut it. Uh, we did get him offers more than $50,000. Um, but, uh, he did not want to accept any of his offers, but there was a, there's a great article and it's, you know, it's still online, uh, by Ben Fox, uh, where this better is interviewed and um, you know, he talks about like this, you know, again, this is a, this is a better with a lot of capital. So he has the ability to hedge, but he talks about this fact that like, what if, you know, the reason why he wanted to sell versus hedge is that let's say he did go and place a, a $75,000 bet on Michigan state and Texas tech wins the game, but like their star player gets hurt at the end of the game. Right, so now you've lost that seventy-five k hedge uh, that you placed on Michigan State, and 
they're going to be but Texas Tech is going to be a huge underdog in the next game because their star player got hurt. Like those are the things that like you can't really account for and that you still are uh uh, susceptible to with, with the hedge. And so that's why if he could sell and get the price he wanted to, um, you know, that, that would be more uh, beneficial. Uh, and so, you know, did not, did not get a, a buyer uh, at the table uh, before the Michigan state game, Texas tech beats Michigan state, uh, which uh, the, I believe they were an underdog to do. They go on to play Virginia on Monday in the national championship. Uh, we got him an offer of $150,000 uh, that he declined. Um, I don't know if he hedged at all or let it ride. I, I, if you told me he let it ride, I would not be shocked just because we know plenty of professional betters who, 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 uh, you don't like hedging a penny on anything. Uh, and if you recall, it was a, Didn't um, hedge a penny. it was a very close game. Yeah. Did not hedge a penny. Um, and it was a very no. close game that, uh, Texas tech could, that probably should have won, could have won. Um, and, uh, Virginia pulled it out in the end. And, uh, yeah, $150,000 that he could have sold for um, kind of down the drain. Um, but that was one of the most epic. I mean, they were talking about it on, on a, around the horn. Um, Trey, you know, the like the Trey Wingo show. I mean, it was, it was all over at that time. Yeah, um, definitely our most popular news story ever. Um, you know, the Lamar Jackson Heisman story kind of put us like made us from a story in a garage or a company in a garage to a company that's getting nationwide attention was that Lamar Jackson story. But this story was like, all right, like, you know, um, um, uh, Golick, Golick and Wingo are talking about this on their morning show. And they're literally going around the horn with like reality to say, Hey, would you sell this ticket for $150,000? Like, Yes or no? Like that was such a good um, exercise on PropSwap's publicity to explain exactly how this PropSwap business model works. Like that was um, ride of a lifetime, no doubt about it, our most successful um, piece of of press ever. And to be all on all over those ESPN different channels, all over those ESPN shows, all over the internet, we were on the golf like the Golf Channel wrote an article. Like why is the Golf Channel writing an article? about a March Madness story about Texas Tech. Like it was it was a nationwide story. Um and then lastly, um just in that Ben Fox article who now works for Visa but at the time worked for ESPN, um, you know, he talks about um this gambler talks about giving these sports betting tickets to people as their wedding gifts. And I thought that was super interesting because his point was that couples should have these conversations before they get married or like before they, you know, sign the dotted line and have like really serious financial discussions because this, this stuff is literally like life and like business. Like, Hey, should we sell this? You know, should we sell our house right now for 150,000 or should we not sell it and hope it doubles? Like maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but we need to be having these discussions with our husband and wife or husband and husband and wife and wife about saying, hey, like, if we can sell our house for 150 grand right now, should we do it? It's got the chance to double, but we also can take this cash and run. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And I, I completely agree with him that that tons of different couples around the country should should have those conversations. So, um, yeah, awesome, awesome story. Put us at the most legitimacy ever for a press article to prop swap. And um, obviously, the lesson is you should have sold it.
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I have the article here. Uh, quote, one thing I started doing in the past few years is giving tickets to friends uh, as presents, the better recalled. It could be a birthday present, but my favorite is the wedding present. I think it's a nice thing. They can choose to let a bit of it uh, ride, all of it ride, none of it ride. It's cool to see different people's risk tolerances. It's a good conversation for a couple to have. Um, so, yeah. Um, Apparently, he, he likes uh, performing social experience uh, experiments on his friends. Uh, I'm kidding. He's, he's a really nice guy. I, I don't mean that. Um, but, yeah, no, and then the other thing, too, as I was kind of taking a, a stroll down uh, memory lane uh, reading these articles, it, it's always uh, – it, it was a great lesson to me about how all – there was a lot of articles that got written about some of these – you know, the Syracuse story, the Texas Tech story, a lot of other tickets that uh, have sold on PropSwap, and the amount of articles that get written – that are basically like from the source of the original article. So like, you know, me or you or the better talks to, you know, uh, David Purdom or Darren Rovell, they write an article. And then there'll be 20 other articles and other websites where they're basically just like, like moving the words around of that original article. And like, and then like kind of throwing in these like little tidbits that uh, are kind of made up. And it was just a great lesson about like not, believing 100% of the things you read because I'm reading some of these stories from, like you said, like the golf.com or whatever. And it's like, they're just repurposing someone else's article and throwing their own little kind of flair on it and never talking to the, the actual source. Like you could have picked up the phone. We, we would have, we would have returned your phone call to, to be quoting the article. So um, it was less than I'm like, just like speed and of getting an article out and, and laziness in terms of actual uh, reporting. Um, but yeah, those are those are our top three uh, favorite stories. Um, I I can't wait for for this March Madness. Uh, I, I hope that or I'm positive there will be another long shot story, and uh, hopefully one of you listening will be the guy out there uh, on the phone of Luke or I, and we're uh, we're convincing you to sell. Um, so uh, w- without further ado, um, it is that time of the show to get into stake or swap. <laughs> First up, we'll be talking a little NBA player awards. Um, you know, it's it's one of those it's it's an interesting thing that gets voted on. Um, and uh, the first one we'll talk about is Jalen Brunson plus seven hundred to win Most Improved Player. Um, this is this is always a tough one because no one really knows how these things are how Most Improved is is quantified. Uh, but I will go first. I am staking uh, Brunson uh, at seven to one to win most improved. Um, the current favorite is, is Lori Marketing, uh, our our fellow uh, U of A um, player uh, who was traded to the Jazz uh, uh, in the off season, uh, and he's currently a minus two fifty favorite, averaging twenty five points a game, eight rebounds. He's having a great season. Uh, however, Jalen Brunson, uh, who who signed with the Knicks this season, is also having uh, a, a really good a really good year, averaging 24 points and six assists. But here's where I'm kind of just analyzing outside the lines. The Knicks are currently 36 and 27 uh, as a sixth seed in the East, and the Jazz are 31 and 31 currently as an eight seed in the West. Uh, and the fact that the Jazz are 500 this late in the season is a huge shock. I think. If you talk to anyone in the offseason after they traded Donovan Mitchell and um, uh, Rudy Gobert, the, you, everyone would have assured you that they're tanking tr- and trying to get like the worst record to 
to uh, get a top a top pick in the draft. So the fact that they're hanging out this long is great, but I am still waiting for the shoe to drop that the will eventually bench their players and kind of throw in the towel on the season. They have they don't care about making the playoffs this season. They care about uh, getting the lottery, get a high draft pick. Um, and so for that reason, I think as we get down the last quarter of the season, the Jazz will start to lose games. They'll miss the playoffs. Knicks will, will continue to win. They, they want to you know finish as best as possible. And I think at the end of the season, they're going to look at the the best player on the team that made the playoffs versus the best player on the team that didn't make the playoffs. And I think that will somehow uh, factor in to, to, to the, uh, the voting. Uh, and so at this point, if you can get plus 700 right now at points bet um, for Jalen Brunson, I think that's a good bet. So uh, I'm staking Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Uh, value there for sure. Um, I will, I will swap Jalen Brunson um, agreed on the value. And I also agree to um, that the Knicks will probably finish better than the jazz in their respective conferences. Uh, so that's something to factor in. And last, this is defending you is that New York media is no doubt more influential than, than the Utah media. So um, if you're a Knicks fan, which I'm sure is probably one of the most popular teams of uh, that consists of the voters, they may get a nod, but um, solely by University of Arizona. I don't bet against University of Arizona Wildcats. Uh, I will be <laughs> staking, marketing, and swapping Jalen Brunson. A little bit of humor there. Uh, okay, fair, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Lori, and I think it's fantastic what he's doing. No one saw this coming. Um, it was something I expected from him coming out of Arizona. I thought, I thought he was great coming out of Arizona. Kind of floundered in Chicago, kind of floundered in Cleveland, thought that, you know, he was just going to be kind of like, you know, the eighth man on a team. And he is the best player on, on, on the jazz on, on a 500 team. So, uh, I am really happy to see him, uh, succeed. Um, moving on, uh, continuing in the NBA in the NBA, t- speaking of, uh, Lori Markkinen's, uh, previous team, let's talk about the Cavs, uh, currently 30 to one, uh, to win the championship. Um, kind of cool down from, from a hot start to, to begin the season, uh, Luke, we'll we'll start with you first. Are you staking or swapping uh, the Cavs? Yeah, I'm staking the Cavs at thirty to one. I like this team. I liked it before um, before Donovan Mitchell came to Cleveland. So um, you know, of course, like you mentioned, they get Donovan Mitchell. Um, he is averaging over twenty points. Uh, of course, Garland is also overing, averaging over 20 points. Jared Allen's averaging a double-double. Um, they are The Cavs are two games back from Philadelphia. Philadelphia is 10-1 to 1 on Barstool. So if I can get a team that's two games behind one of the favorites in the East at three times the value, I can get them at 30-1 to 1 on PropSwap, I'll do that all day. Um and then again, kind of some humor here. I was looking up just, just different stats by Cleveland. I will, I will be fair. Like their stats aren't amazing, so that's probably obviously concerning. Their either offensive or defensive stats are not jumping off the board. They're kind of like bottom fifteen in like almost everything. But I was scrolling through different statistics on the Cavs. Their Pythagorean wins. This is a Bill James stat. Number one in the NBA. Don't even know what that means. But if you're number one in Pythagorean wins. I'm going to stake you. 
Um, yeah, uh, get get back to us next week on on uh, on what that formula uh, consists of. Um, I I'm going to to swap the Cavs. Um, I I did like them uh, before this, you know, entering the season. Um, but the thing that sticks out to me, uh, I hated the move of uh, basically of buying out Kevin Love and letting him walk to another team. I did not understand that for a second. I get that he wasn't playing well recently. Uh, he, I think he was hurt. Um, but if they knew they were going to move on from Kevin Love, then they should have traded him at the deadline. They didn't. Instead, they bought him out for basically like half of his remaining contract, and then he became a free agent to sign anywhere he wanted to. And he signed with the Heat. Like, I guarantee you the way it's going to come down to is that the Cavs and the Heat are somehow going to play each other in playoffs and Kevin Love's going to, you know, come back to, to bite him. Like, and I get that, you know, with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, like you don't really need Kevin Love, but what if one of those guys gets hurt? Like all of a sudden you're going to be like, well, you know, you know who we could really need? Like a guy, a veteran guy who's been in the playoffs a ton of times, like to, to step in here. So that, that move made no sense to me. And I just feel like that is somehow going to like come back and bite them. Uh, and then, you know, um, to to your point, you know they're they're twenty sixth in offense. They're actually uh, number one in, in in defense in terms of points allowed this season. But um, yeah, I, I just I I just strongly disagreed with with uh, with that move with the Kevin Love move. Did not understand it. If you knew you were moving on, just trade him. I don't know if they were just trying to like show the league that they treat their their superstars well. I have a hard time believing that one move is going to like um, make the next big free agent want to sign and you know go to move move to Cleveland. Uh, although you and I, we, we do both love uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland. I think it's a very underrated city. Um, but for that re- for those reasons, I am swapping uh, the Cavs. So um, that will do it for this week's episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.